I'm home. Welcome to Something Crunchy. Tyler is homies with Blake. Blake is the older bro of Blair. Blair is married to Tyler and is a slutty slut slut. Welcome to Something Crunchy. What the hell is crunchy? Welcome to Something Crunchy. Welcome to another special edition episode of Something Crunchy. I'm Kellen Blake. With me as always, Blair and Tyler Dressel. We have another very crunchy guest on with us, ending the season strong. He's a talented screen actor, stage actor, and voice actor. You know him from movies like Fatal Attraction, Arachnophobia, and The Artist. And he famously voiced Earl Sinclair in Dinosaurs. Please welcome Stuart Pankin. Hey! Yeah. Uh, please sit down. Sit down, everybody. Sit down. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Mr. Pankin. How are you, sir? I'm fine. I'm good considering it's a pandemic, but I'm fine. Right. Yes. Well, it is a treat and an honor to have you on. We're big fans. How was your Thank 2022 you. treating you so far? So far, it's it's okay. It's probably like everybody else. I mean, we're anxious to, to you know, get new masks and get rid of Omicron. <laughs> Mask up and get out. I know. Yes. No public engagements, autograph signings, or golf even, which podcasts like well, us couldn't no. be more appreciative of. They've they've canceled a few of those public things, so, yeah. which is fine. I mean, I I don't we don't even go out to see friends a lot anymore. We're just a little you know standoffish. Well, yeah. Well, how are you spending your free time? Um. Well, believe it or not, I'm uh, I'm swimming a lot. I'm going to the gym uh, a bunch of times each week and uh, trying to trying to get rid of that those COVID nineteen as they say. <laughs> <laughs> the freshman COVID nineteen. <laughs> freshman, I said the freshman COVID nineteen. I have like a and, COVID uh, and <laughs> and I'm talking to, to to guys like you, which is a pleasure. Yes, it's a pleasure for yes. us. Are you eager to <laughs> cool. get back on the golf course? Uh, no, no, <laughs> I'm, I, I haven't played golf in a while, so that's uh, it, it. Used to be so much of a passion that it was, you know, I used to get night sweats thinking about playing the next day. But <laughs> no, the older you get, the, you know, I'm, I'm a lot less sweaty and I, and I sleep a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler here has a big golf background, was a coach for a long time. He's the guy that when you're out there, he'll help you uh, correct your swing, may continue on the right Yeah, we path. get you straightened out if you need it. Well, you know, I, I think that train has passed, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I was, I mean, in the, in the golf days, talking about golf, I bought every, subscribed to every golf magazine there was. I watched every tournament there was. We used to play, uh, my, my buddies and me, we used to play, you know, three, sometimes four times a week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just, I was obsessed with the game. Uh, you know, my wife said, get in golf with golf. And, uh, and now then she was very sorry that I did. <laughs> I never saw her. The hardest yeah. game ever created. Well, no, maybe, yeah, maybe. But it's, and you, you never get, I never will ever get good at it. My friend who's played for uh, 60 years and, and I, and I play with him all the time. I mean, he, he tried to help me and other friends have tried to help me and, you know, there's some talents that you have. Golf ain't one of them. That's true. I'm in the same I'm, boat. Yeah, I'll say I'm with you. I enjoy it. I love to play, but I'll never be a great golfer. Yeah, I'm coming you. with oh, no, you. No. That's okay. But... <laughs> I bet you at least have some great stories on the links, and I know that you have played with some interesting people. Um, do any of them, O.J. Simpson, stand out? <laughs> well, it's interesting. I never. It's, it's interesting. We used to see uh, O.J. at the at the public courses, you know, uh, 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 a bunch of times. 
And uh, guys used to say, I used to say to them, or people used to say to us, would you play with OJ? If he needed a fourth, would you play with him? And all the guys in my friends said, no, no, no. I said, absolutely. Yeah. Well, how could you, Why not? How could you not? How could you not? You know, as long as he's not going to kill me. How could you not, <laughs> you know, spend spend four or five hours with this with this notorious person? You, you got to do it. So, yeah, but that's, you know, and, and, and on some of these uh, in the old days when I was, uh, was a spry and limber, I used to play a lot of celebrity golf tournaments. And, of course, you you get to see a lot of, uh, you didn't play with them, but, but you got to see a lot of really nice, uh, famous people. I'm, I'm, I've always been starstruck and will continue to be starstruck. I love to, I love to see celebrities. And it was fun to, to do that. Uh, besides, they feed you pretty good. Yeah, and uh, and uh, but that's you know, but mostly we just played. My friends and I just played. You know, the local public courses and uh, and loved it. It's hard to imagine a star getting starstruck. So, who was the name that did it for you? The one that you saw on the golf course and was like, "Oh wow, this is unreal." Well, it, it's not necessarily the golf course. I mean, the first thing I did out here was a, a, a series called the San Pedro Beach Bombs at Fox. And we used to eat in the commissary all the time. And I used to fight, you know, the cast when we ate to get this chair facing the door so I could see, you know, all the, 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 the celebrities or whatever celebrities came in to eat because I, I just loved it. Uh, I mean, I I don't need to, to, to mention celebrities, but there's, you know, I, I just like I just like actors. I'm never if I ever see a character actor. Uh, on the street, or when we used to be able to be on the street, yeah. uh, I, I, I always make it a point to, to go over and say how much I enjoyed their work, and because a lot of these these guys and, and women are not recognizable, and I think that they're they're pleased that somebody, you know, would would recognize their um, their their skills and their their contribution to the business. Of course. And golf with the juice, that is incredible. Lots of jokes coming. We better move on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about the Pico Poker Club. This is another fun extracurricular activity hey, that you have all going the fun on. Stuff. Yeah, well, the Pico Poker Club was, was started by uh, my friend Bob Stewart, who, who is a game show um, maven genius. He created, you know, Password and $20,000 Pyramid, $100,000 Pyramid. Yes. Tell the truth. He's a, he's just a legend in the actually the hall the game show hall of fame legend or television academy hall of fame, but he had that you know for years ago even before I I joined, uh, just a bunch of his friends and game show guys and actors got together to play, and I joined uh, I I'm guessing 25 years ago maybe wow. more, and you know once a month you get together with these wonderful people most of most of whom nobody would know because they're producers and, and actors. It, with the exception of Betty White, Betty White was uh, was the regular oh. on the in the Pico Poker uh, wow. game, and and just you talk about starstruck. I mean, oh you yeah, know, to, she's amazing. Till till the till the day she died, or till the last time we played together, it was just you look at her and you think this is you know wow. I mean, there's there's no words to describe her career, her smarts, her funniness, her her risqueness. It's she's a, she's a great lady. And it was, uh, and it was one of the benefits of. I mean, we played for dimes, literally dimes, uh, and uh, and every time the, the the game was over, she was. You always, she always said, "Oh no, 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 no," because she loved it. I mean, she absolutely loved it. Before I joined it, she had a bunch of the Pico Poker people up to her, her home in Carmel, uh, and she's written about the Pico Poker Club in in some of her books. 
So the Pico Poker Club was, it was just, a, you go down and you, you, there's five or six of us uh, and you have lunch and you chit-chat and you laugh and then you play this, this dime poker game, this, these silly games. And you go home and you just look forward to the next one. It sounds like the best time ever. Yeah, that really is amazing. I think there isn't a person on the planet that isn't jealous of you yeah. to be able to be a part that of that poker wonderful. game. That is so cool. Well, uh, it so, is cool. It is cool. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite memory of the iconic Miss Betty White? You guys worked together a few times as well, right? Yeah, we did. Um, um, did a game show together, and I did a Golden Girls. Yes. Whoa. Wow. I, I mean, she. You know, there's not a particular memory. Everything people say about Betty White is 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 true. I mean, it's she. She's the the kindest and, and sweetest and funniest. I mean, we liked it. We we actually made each other laugh, and for me to make Betty White laugh was was a great oh. you know, was a feather in my cap. But she's, you know, she's just, and she's smart. She was, she was one of the, you know, she started producing her own shows in television in the 50s. She was one of the, the, the pioneers of the industry. Uh, and just, you know, nobody has ever, they say, you know, in the, in, in the media, it's interesting that, uh, that somebody lives to be 99 and everybody in the world is saying it's not enough. It's true. Yeah. And yes. that's, <laughs> and so that's well the truth. You know, so she, you know, just just hanging around her was just, you know, it, it it was great. And you know, like I said before, starstruck, my God, you know, top of the top of the bunch. No kidding, that is amazing. Before we move on, are you a part of any other celebrity secret societies? We yeah, should well, involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, strangely enough, there was a there was a poker game once a week, uh, and I played a, a lot but not once a week that you sat around the table. It was a celebrity poker game. Uh, I, I won't mention the guy who, who ran it. Uh, we're not, it's not being done anymore because it's just that nobody would know him. But, you know, I sat across the table from, from the likes of, Oh my God. I mean, Milton Berle, uh, uh, Sid Caesar, Jerry Vale, Mel Torme, Rod Steiger, I mean, and go and and you know, and and younger, you know, Richard Lewis, some of the some of the younger actors uh, that uh, I, I can't remember, but you know, for years, just just going to that game, how how Lyndon George, um, I forget. I see that when you get to be my age, you, you can remember the cards, but you can't remember the names. George Steig, George Stiegel, and Elliot Gould, oh, and, and you know, the list goes on and on and on. Ellie and you just Gould. spend you know five hours sitting around the table with these guys. Poker was almost secondary to the stories and the jokes that, that, that they would tell. So yeah, that was of course. Of I can't even imagine. That's what the experience is about. That's great. Did you guys play Hold'em, all kinds of flavors the, of poker? The, the host played one game. It was seven-card stud. That's that it. it. Seven-card stud. Occasionally, we talked him into five-card stud, but mostly it was seven-card stud. Seven. That's it. Wow. Winner, winner take all. Well, you've done a few of these now, and your fans are very grateful. In almost all of them, you get asked about the same handful of projects. We won't be any different. But before we get into those fan favorites, are there any roles of yours you wish would get discussed more in these interviews? Like, which project is most underrated and underappreciated in your mind? Well, that's an interesting question. Most of the stuff that I, I've done that, to be honest with you, I'm most proud of is on stage. I mean, I come theater. from, I, I have a theater background and that's, that's, that's the roles because, you know, theater material, to be honest with you, is, 
is often a lot denser, a lot richer, a lot more complicated than some of the stuff that is produced in Hollywood. I mean, sure. you know, fa- fatal attraction is certainly one of my, you know, that, that's something that I'm most, one of the things I'm most pleased about as far yes. as movies. But but as far as other stuff, it's mostly the stage stuff that I would, uh, that nobody's going to know me from, but those are the things that I'm most, um, you know, those plays are, you know, uh, I've done over 80 of them, and I'm, I'm most proud of many of them. Wow. Not all of them. Some <laughs> of them suck, but, you know. That's a different... such a fun time. Yeah, that's a different breed of acting there. There's no yeah. second chances when you're on stage. That's live, baby. Well, it is live, and there is no second chance, but the nice thing is you get another chance the next night. Another day. Yeah. You know? I mean, there was a For wonderful a actor. Zoe, there's a, an actress named Zoe Caldwell who came when, when I was at Columbia, you know, at the graduate program. She came to talk to us, and she won an Academy Award I don't remember the play. Let's, you know, just call it X. She won an Academy Award for X. And the last performance, she had won the award. The last performance of that play, she came off stage after the curtain call and said to the stage manager, I finally figured out how to play that scene. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the magic of theater. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's the, that's the magic of, of theater. In, in, in film, yeah, you get a chance to do it again, but there's... I don't know if there's any actor in the world that looks at any performance and says, ooh, I wish I did that differently, or ooh, you know, I wish I'd made a, a different choice. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and that, that's, that's, in, that's, in, uh, <laughs> that's in stone. That you can't change. Well, you probably knew this was coming. Let's talk about dinosaurs. <laughs> what? <laughs> dinosaurs has gotten a resurgence as it is now available to stream on Disney+. Plus. You voiced the patriarch Earl Sinclair, 65 episodes. All right, so the most expensive show to date is Game of Thrones. Most expensive sitcom, Dinosaurs. Do you know that for a fact or did you hear me say that one? No, I know that for a fact. Yeah, it is a fact. It's interesting. That yeah, is that's crazy. Really interesting very, very interesting. Is this why they suffered an extinction event after just three years? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That well, I, you know, I, I wasn't in the in the room, so that I don't know when they got the letter that said, you know, you, this, 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 the show is ending, and they give them an opportunity to write some sort of finale. But uh, yes, that's one of the one of the reasons. The, the, the cost of that show was certainly one of the reasons. That uh, that I don't know what the ratings were. I really don't. But it was one of the reasons that they uh, they stopped it because it just cost a lot. I mean, the animatronics, sure. the puppets, the maintaining of those puppets. Not, not not to mention the salaries of you know the actors and the crew. So yeah, that's you're, you're absolutely right. That uh, the the money was a was a factor in the cancellation of that show. Wow. I know you were the voice actor, and it was someone else in the Earl suit. So which came first, right. the filming or the voiceovers? Um, the filming came first. The, the Henson puppets, puppeteers usually uh, do their own puppetry and do the voices of, of the characters. Uh, this was oh. not the case with dinosaurs. So what they did was they filmed the, uh, the script with the guy inside, Bill Beretta, who is now uh, uh, one of the top producers in the Henson Company. Uh, nice guy, great guy. And, uh, and uh, Mac Wilson, I think his name was, who was a little English guy, talked like this, you know, and, he's, and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he voiced Earl. So, you know, it was easy, <laughs> you know, for them not to, to have the dinosaur, no, talk like this, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
so Mac did the voice, and I and 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 I heard it, and then we went into the studio, and I heard I'm making it up, of course, you know. Oh, look, there's a dinosaur pushing a tree down. And I had to go, hey, look, there's a dinosaur pushing a tree down. So I had to replace his voice. Um, uh, and that's the way the show worked for every character. Wow. Every character had, had a Henson puppeteer doing the, doing the movements and the, and the voices. It took about three people to, to control a dinosaur character. The wow. eyes uh, and the mouth movements, the animatronics, Bill inside, the, the actor inside. And then the voice actor. So, yeah. So that left no room for improv. You couldn't even really say it in a different way. You just had to use your, your voice over what was said. Is that right? That's, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. I mean, I, that was one of the, one of the drawbacks because you had to, you had to speak in the rhythm of the actor and the voice and the mouth that's moving. You know, you couldn't, you could not ch- change that. You, you try to do a, a, a little bit, bit different readings occasionally and actually bill said you know his his you know when he heard after a few shows what i was doing with the character he actually and, and the and the animatronic guy changed some of the movements to to accommodate some of the rhythms that they heard so it was kind of a collaborative effort uh, but in general no you had to stick with the with the rhythm of the mouth with the movements of the mouth wow well, yeah that had to have helped well, you have done just a ton on screen, obviously very recognizable, but your voice certainly is too. Have you ever been recognized ordering a pizza or something, or better yet, intentionally mess with someone the way I would have? In your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Years ago, we were in a restaurant, a kind of a noisy restaurant, my wife and I, and, we're, and this was dinosaurs, I guess, obviously, had been playing for a while, and we're sitting there talking and eating and the guy comes up and says, are you the voice of, uh, of the Earl Sinclair and dinosaurs? I said, my, yes. How, you know, because how did you get that? I, cause I don't talk like this all the time. <laughs> he, said, well, a, he said, I'm a sound guy. And for some reason I heard that those, that those, your voice and the tones of your voice. And I, and I kind of thought that you were the guy. So that was the most amazing voice recognition. I don't think anybody else has done that. Uh, that was astounding to me. That I would astounding. be that person who would be sitting next to you at a restaurant and overheard your voice. And like, I would have known into, I watched dinosaurs so much. I would have known that voice in two seconds. Yeah. I think I believe, wow. that. Yeah. I believe well, that. that's cool. That's great. I could back her on that. I would never call her a liar in public. <laughs> <laughs> Not to her face. <laughs> After dinosaurs, would you say arachnophobia is your most talked about role? Uh, no, I'm. I would guess fatal attraction, fatal attraction. Was, was, yeah. was was the most uh, talked because that became such an iconic movie that uh, that uh, and arachnophobia. I, I love arachnophobia. I think arachnophobia is a terrific. You know, Halloween horror movie. Uh, and they played, every, but Fatal Attraction was was the, the one that, uh, you know, people. Dinosaurs is first. You're absolutely right. You know, people during the pandemic, and I'm not bragging about myself because it's the show. Because you said it's on Disney Plus and everybody's watching it. During the pandemic, I was getting, and maybe the other actors were getting, two to four autograph requests a day. Wow. For weeks and weeks to to sign those little punko boxes or whatever you call them, Funko punko boxes. Oh, where yeah, they had yeah. the fig, yeah, uh, and like I said, I'm I, I'm not bragging. Oh, yes, I am. I'm bragging. <laughs> I mean, go for it. Yeah. But it's but it's but it's the show. I mean, the show, once the show was released in in uh, on Disney Plus, people were singing, and I guess they they you know. 
they became enamored with it, which is great. I yes. mean, you know, look, I don't get any money anymore, but I'm glad that the, that it's out there. But yeah, Fatal Attraction after Dinosaurs, um, and I'm I'm recognized a lot not in L.A. when I used to be able to go to to the East for to visit family. Um, some of the Disney stuff I've done, the young people and and you know teenagers would would recognize me for that. Xenon. Um, what Xenon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I was heavy into my Disney Channel phase and was always <laughs> watching Xenon. Yeah, I, I, I guess you're not alone. I'm still friends with the, with one of the actors in Xenon and the writer right. of all of the Xenon series, uh, Stu Krieger. So uh, yeah, so that that's always. I've, that's always been kept alive in my life over the years. Yes. What range you have. It really, amazing. though. And <laughs> all, we love Fatal Attraction, and I we love Arachnophobia. We love this movie so much. Still quoted regularly. I also believe that's one of the greatest movie titles of all time as well. That doesn't get mentioned Arachnophobia. enough. Agreed. I totally. Uh, I remember yeah. wondering if these were real spiders or not until I actually saw CGI spiders in 90s movies. These were real. You were working oh, no, with they were. very real, very expensive spiders. Have you recovered? What? Really? You've done your you've done your research. Yeah, those were New Zealand spiders. I think if I remember they cost about $1100 a piece. Wow. To get God. them over there. And they and they used a lot of them. They controlled them by oh. hair dryers. And you know, they released them and then they played they, they put air on them and, and to control them as to where they went as a matter of fact we had there was one there was one day that we had to go everybody had to meet on the set and have them crawl on us so that so that you know all of a sudden you're you're you turn around and there's a spider and you're getting you there's eleven hundred dollars down there yeah hope you got hazardous duty pay for that (laughs) no well all 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 spiders as i learned are venomous but uh you you gotta you gotta really piss them off if i can say that to have them bite you i mean they're 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 not going to bite you unless you attack them john goodman was was cocky son of a gun he was letting them <laughs> crawl all over him his arm his neck his face yeah not me no that that is amazing and such a fun fact to know that they were, were controlled with uh, hair dryers hair dryers to get dryers, them yeah. in the direction that is so cool and that they yeah. were real like oh my god no so, they were they were uh, except for the you know uh, the, the the big bad spider at the end was not real yeah i was like that, you uh, tell me that queen was real that w- that wasn't cgi though right that was like a animatronic control like remote Animatri- control? yes, yes. It, it wasn't cgi no it was they built that they built that uh that big puppy wow well, that's cool to know. Some of the little spiders, I think, that you might have seen in long shots crawling up and down the walls, they might that might have been CGI. But, but the spiders that that you know on the table or in the cereal box or crawling around, they're real. They oh were real. Wow. So, how do you handle a spider inside your home these days? Do you throw out a Kill Goodman? It. You throw out a Goodman quote before you step on it. <laughs> or are you... It's dead. My my wife is is very susceptible to. Uh, the spider bites and you know she actually years ago ended up in the hospital on an iv because some spider bites. so spiders don't live in our house yeah no i'm not I... one of those guys that that can lick them under it under a glass and put them <laughs> gently they are dead they're dead so you, you didn't <laughs> yeah. become more sympathetic and understanding toward the spider it's still it's still no, a bug in the I, house. I, I don't no 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 i i'm not crazy about spiders but they're really interesting creatures i mean i'm just talking about ones in the house i mean you turn on the light and they sort of they, they know you're there, and they sort of hot for what is what they think is hiding. And then if you go for them, they, they're very, I think they're smarter than we give them credit for. I think they're going to take over the world. 
Oh my God, don't. So if any spiders are listening, if any spiders are listening to this, I'm lying. I never killed a spider in my life. So don't, don't, don't come and get me. For all those listening. Tyler here. I'm eager to ask you about the dirt bike kid. Yeah, that was good too. Yeah, that was good too. What turned you on to this project? And did you have any idea it would become a cult classic and we'd still be talking about it 30 years later? No, I'm thrilled that we are. It, 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 the director, one of the directors, and not necessarily the news, Hoyt Caston, uh, was offered the job to direct the Dirt by Kid. Uh, Julie Corman, Corman, you know, Roger Corman, Julie Corman, mm-hmm. her company. And they cast me and Annie Bloom and Danny Breen. We were all on, not necessarily the news. So that's how that happened for us. And we all went down to Texas and did this for, I don't know, a month, five weeks. It, it, was, it, was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I'm very happy that, uh, that that kids are still enjoying it, um, and uh, it, you know it, it, it's always good to work, <laughs> but it's always it's better to work with with friends. And we had a wonderful time down there. Yeah, it's it's, it's, very, it's a fun movie. It's uh, it's uh, it's not it's non threatening. You know, no no animals were killed in the making of this movie. It was it's a it's a genuinely a uh, 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 attractive young person's film. Yeah, it's a it good was, time flick. It was definitely on heavy rotation in my house between that and Rad, the BMX movie. I couldn't get enough of the both. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, because of the dirt bikes? Yeah. Yeah, just the bikes and yeah. Yeah. Peter Billingsley. Yeah, well, that was, was interesting. Great. You know, it was one of the, those movie things where they, you know, Peter Billingsley was was a, was a small guy small kid and he they gave him a bike and then when they had the uh, the stunt guy do it they made a duplicate bike bigger so that the stunt guy could get on it and the, and the perspective would be would be the same so he did all the dangerous stuff Whoa. we noticed that the other day yes saw did that, you yes we yeah. did saw that for the first time the other day and that, that was a delight that i did not see it like in the 80s in 90s like most of i saw it for the first time last week and yes, and I, and I did notice that too because I was wanting. There were some scenes you just you know it's not Peter Billingsley on that bike, <laughs> right, right, right. And and of course I'm looking at it at a very analytic point of view, and and I'm and I'm noticing the stunt double, but it it wasn't so apparently obvious like it is in other movies. I was kind of wondering why that is. That answers that question. Very interesting. I didn't notice it in the '80s. I just noticed it last week at 40 <laughs> years old, and I was like, hey, that guy looks like he's 24. How did he get on the bike? Well, the, there were movies and, and special effects. <clears throat> That I uh, that when I was a kid, for instance, you're maybe too young, but I, I was I love Flash Gordon. Love um, Flash yeah. Gordon. Yeah, and then there were these people called the Mud People, and I, and I could have sworn that they literally came out of the mud on the walls of the cave. <laughs> then you see it, you know, thirty years later, and you know, and you, you obviously see that they're, you know, it's a special effect that they appear. But as a kid, you you know, I would have sworn that, was that exactly those what creatures. Happened. Yeah, that, it did actually happen. It actually came out of the. So you know, you notice a lot of things when you're older that perhaps you don't notice in your kid. And you know, something that's not bad. That's not bad that the that the magic of the movies, as they say, yeah. kind of could work on you when you're younger. And, and if you if you, you know, I I still believe in Santa Claus, so um, it doesn't. Sure. <laughs> Well, it's funny. We're all excited to talk to you about just like different roles, but I mean, I like my Stuart Pinkin paired with the Rick of the Moranis variety. <laughs> um, you starred with him in a couple movies together. No, uh, just one. Oh, two. That's right. Two. Uh, yes, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves and Big Bully. Is this just by coincidence? Y- yes, yes. Um, 
it would be great to be able to say, no, Rick asked me to be in it. No, it was, <laughs> it was a coincidence. But, but we did have, honey, we shrunk ourselves. It was a fascinating time. First of all, he's great, you know, and, and, the, and the four adults in the movie. And then the kids, I mean, Allison Mack, who later became sort of notorious for other stuff. Sure. Uh, and all the other kids. Uh, Bug Hole. Yeah. And, and, and Melissa, Alyssa, Melissa, oh wait, who the heck was it? I don't remember. Some young girl, dark haired girl who is now famous. She was Alyssa in Milano? it. Melissa Milano? Melissa Milano, that's right. Wow. I think she was in it. Double check me on that, but I'm I, on I think it. she was. <laughs> but she was, you know, young. If it wasn't her, it was uh, the other actress. I always get them mixed up. They look a lot alike. She I'm looks a lot young. like several actresses. Right. But anyway, uh, yeah, that was the special effects, the green screen, you know, and and the oversized props uh, made, you know, it, it was just a fun shoot. It was so nice to work with Rick Moranis because he's, he's, he's so generous. He's so funny. He's so gentle. And um, I think just before that or just after that, his wife died. And he spent, you know, he got out of show business for a long time to take care of his kids, which yeah. I thought was just, just admirable. He left when he was still working a lot. Oh, wow. sure. Yeah, but but for him to, to drop out and to take care of his children after yeah. that terrible loss was, you just can't respect a guy enough. He's right. just okay. We used to keep in touch occasionally, Christmas card stuff, and then I haven't talked to him in a long time. I believe you were talking about Mila Kunis? Yes. Mila yes. Kunis. Good call, Mila Blair. Kunis was in Honey, Wait, We Shrunk Ourselves. Is she, is she in Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves? Yes. She played Jill. That's the one. Not Alyssa Milano. M- M- yes. Yeah. Mila Kunis. Mila wow. Kunis. And she, she actually, I did a series called Nick Frino, Licensed Teacher, and she did a, a, a couple of guest spots in that. So it's like, oh, yeah, I knew her when. <laughs> <laughs> That's, all right. So we're starting to get into some of your roles here. Let's make better use of your time. We have a game we like to play that serves us well when interviewing actors that have impressive filmographies like yours. Fans want to hear their favorite project mentioned, and we like to put out. Uh, if it's okay with you, we'd like to throw out just a couple more of uh, some of our favorite roles of yours. All you need to provide back is one anecdote, one memory, a fun fact, even just the first thing you think of when I mention the title. Is that okay? All right. Do your best. <laughs> Do your best. <laughs> we got to start with HBO's Not Necessarily the News. And I know that's hard to sum up in a very short sentence or two because you were on that for many years. Many years. Well, one of the first images I have is great friends. I mean, we're still friends. The uh, the actors, you know, Danny Breen, God bless him, yeah. passed away, you know, years ago. But uh, and, uh, I, I, Mitch Lawrence, Annie Bloom, Danny, uh, we we stayed in touch and close, uh, you know, for years. So great friendships. Uh, that's the that's the one thing that really pops in my head. Besides the 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 the, the terrific writing and uh, and 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 the fun sketches and all that stuff. But friends, that's my that's my one word answer to that. That's well, awesome. Perfect answer. Okay, Fatal Attraction, nineteen eighty seven, the big one. First thing you think of. <sighs> the first thing I think of is well, uh, ha- it, it was a hard shoot. Uh, Adrian Line uh, auditioned me and and he wanted me, and the producer said. Uh, why don't you get somebody from New York, you know, because we're shooting in New York. And Adrian said, God bless his soul. No, I want Stuart Pankin. And because of that, I flew back and forth to New York because I was doing not necessarily the news at the same time. Wow. You know, once a week for a day or two oh. to, to shoot for a month. 
to do uh, to do fatal attraction. So that's that's a big memory. Yeah, you know, the travel. That, that that's a commute. Kind of, that kind of travel. Wow. You know, and, and again, you know, Michael Douglas and, and the other people in the show, mostly I work with him, you know, great. People like to say, well, who's, who's, do you have a problem with any, I don't have problems with any actors, you know, they're all happily, you know, professional, nice, giving people. Wow. Well, that's nice to hear. How about Congo, 1995? Well, Congo came, I, I had done Arachnophobia, Frank Marshall directed that. And uh, and he was doing Congo, and he called and said, we need somebody who's known for comedy so that we know that we can laugh at some of this stuff. So will you come in and do, do a, a couple of scenes, or a scene, a couple of days? I said, you know, sure. So that's how that happened, uh, working with Robert Zemeckis' wife, you know, Blair Get On A Man, I don't remember her name. But she's a fairly successful actress in her own right. And we just did this scene to try to, you know, to try to bring a little uh, a comedy in it so that the audience would have permission to laugh, even though, you know, we're talking about, you know, kill, killer gorillas. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Frank for doing that. Yeah. Killer gorillas. Real gorillas or fake gorillas? All right, I'm I'm gonna let I'm gonna give you a pass on that one. <laughs> that was, that was a joke. I don't I don't know you real well, but I'm not gonna pursue that. <laughs> I'm gonna let you guess. That's the correct answer. <laughs> that was a joke. All right, how about the Hollywood Nights, 1980? Ah, Hollywood Nights, uh, night shooting. It was shot. You know, we we did it for weeks and weeks, but it was all night shooting. Oh, that's the one. That's a big. That's a big. Uh, uh, memory for that, uh, and another memory I have from Hollywood Nights is I had to do a bit where I jumped into a car back window, literally jumped it. That's when I was doing. Yeah, I know it was crazy. It wasn't moving. The car wasn't moving, but I had it. I said something silly, and I jumped in through the back window of the car. And one, on one take, I sort of missed, and I sort of fell out of the car window, and the car started to go, and my arm. Apparently, people said was under the was about to go under the wheel and I guess I rolled out of the way and 15 people were were screaming and running oh. towards me. So that's kind of that's kind of a big memory. Oh my god. You almost lost an arm but We saved the scene but I lost the arm. Yeah. <laughs> the scene's great but <laughs> That's it. How about striptease? Striptease. Now that's that, that's that, another one of those uh, I was doing honey we shrunk ourselves. And I got striptease, and I remember finishing the last scene of Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, getting on a plane and going to Florida for uh, for uh, to start one of my striptease. And I, I re- well, let's talk about golf. There's an actor, a wonderful actor named Paul Guilfoyle, uh, who I became friendly with, and we played. I just started playing golf, and I, all my free time, I went out to the range and just hit these, you know, two cent golf balls just to just to keep keep going and uh, and striptease was memorable because they they took they took us all the strip clubs so before <laughs> before the shoot and I'd never been to a strip club at least that's the public story and uh, <laughs> and it was that, that was that was kind of interesting so that's that's quite the memory let's do one more how about curb your enthusiasm ah well that was uh that was uh, again one of the most fun things you do. And <laughs> it's a great job for an actor who, 
who doesn't like learning lines because you don't learn lines. I mean, it's all it's all improvised. Mm-hmm. And the, the 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 main memory there is working with Larry and him coming in and say they they wouldn't give you the the, the script and they wouldn't even give you the, the 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 breakdown of what the scene was about and what the what the movie was about. They were very possessive about that because they wanted it to be totally freshly improvised. So Larry would come in and you sit down and say, now this is what's going to happen in the scene. And he'd give you some parameters and he'd give you some points that have to be made. So you're talking and talking. He said, cut. No. Okay, that's good. Now, you got to get this in. You forgot to get that. Okay, so we do it again. Talk, 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 cut. All right, that's fine. But now let's just add this. You know, so that's the way that, that went, you know, for most of, for most of, the, for most of the show. And, uh, and it was fun to just get your mind going because you, 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 you got you to gotta listen hard. And you got to think hard, yeah. and then you got to talk fast. <laughs> <laughs> so you've worked on a ton of different projects. I'm a big fan of camaraderie, you know, coming from the sports world and the military aspect of my life. What was your favorite project for the best camaraderie? Yeah. Well, there's a movie that nobody has, will ever see or ever hear about, directed by Sherwood by Lloyd Schwartz, who was the son of Sherwood Schwartz, who did you know Gilligan's Island and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and, and and Brady Prize and all that stuff. It was called One Dozen. It was about a jury. So there were twelve of us in a room for the two or three weeks that we shot the thing. I've never had so much fun on a set. Um, no, seriously. I mean, it, I've I've never had so much fun on a set. Look forward to. To going to work. Uh, George Weiner was in it, and uh, Lauren Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus's brother, and uh, Beverly. I, I, there, there's David Graff. Remember David Graff, who died much too young. You'll look him up, Blair. I'll have to, I'll have to look him up, Blair. Yeah. We'll need a. Yeah. We'll, we'll need a. But anyway, these these people, you know, uh, we just Teresa Ganzel was in it. We just had the most fun laughing and and. And, and talking and doing this movie. So I, 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 maybe that's a disappointment to you guys, but Not that, that's all. the most That's awesome. Fun. I'm going to watch that movie now, now that I know that Well, if you favorite. can find it, if you can find it, let me know. I mean, but it's, it, it was shot on it. videotape. It was shot <laughs> on videotape. And I remember that the last scene was a 15-minute one-shot scene. The guy with the camera just walked around the courtroom, or the, uh, the jury room as we did the scene. And it was one one shot we almost i mean we almost got one done and then ted lange who was in the who was in it came in he had two two lines at the very end and he screwed them up so we had to do it again <laughs> but that's but that's fun i mean ted is a, he's he's great i work with ted a bunch of times but that that's the memory of that movie one dozen was the camaraderie and and that that long scene at the that long shot at the end i love that it's a lesser known the name one more time one dozen. One dozen. Okay. Good to know. You know, I'm, you I'm should you should just be on the hunt for that. I'd be very curious to find out if you if you can if you found it. If you, can I will reach it. out if I do and make sure that you have a copy. No, I think I have a copy. Oh, okay. I, well, I, good I, to know. Well, then I'm going to reach out and I, ask for a copy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Who is this? <laughs> okay. Something crunchy at gmail dot com. Well, we're all sequestered still. We always like asking this. Have you seen anything good lately? Like, what is in your quarantine queue? Well, um, <laughs> I have. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm a member of the Academy, so I'm on the Academy. They have a screening website with all the movies that are, uh, that are you know, possibly nominated. So I've been watching a bunch of, 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 of movies, 
before that, mostly my wife and I like the English stuff. We're we're not Anglophiles, but we do like the BritBox Acorn Prime Video um, projects that they okay. do, mostly procedurals. Like we're watching Jack Irish now, but there are there are tons. I, I forgive me. I, I there's so many of them that that are so enjoyable to us that uh, just go on BritBox or Acorn and that's what we like as far as movies um i don't know i watched no time to die or no yeah no time to die what did you think of that i enjoyed it it was entertaining yeah it was it was entertaining i didn't think it held up to other bond movies i i just uh, i think it was a little lengthy and a lot more um build up than substance there i I don't know maybe i had just really high expectations for it and there was a couple cool scenes but that one kind of let me down and I like that you're into the no, Brit stuff, and you're you're far beyond like the Crown and Downton Abbey. You're you're past that. You're into like the the real deal now. Well, they're they're all real deals. I mean, the Crown and Downton Abbey are great. They're great. It's just that these, I mean, there there are so many uh, Jack Irish, The Bench, uh, Scott and Bailey. There's an awful lot of of uh, British procedural shows that that we enjoy. Uh, but I enjoy, you know, we enjoy, I mean, we saw King Richard. We enjoyed that. Yeah. We're going to see, we're going to have a movie night. We're going to have a movie night tomorrow with, with my son and his, and his wife. We're going to, we call it garlic and Gucci. We're going to get <laughs> garlic knots and Italian food and watch the house of Gucci. Oh, oh I'm so jealous. Yeah. It sounds like such a fun night. That We've been dying to see that. Next well, come list. on over. We'll become a super spreader. Super spreader I am jealous. We are yes. that is next on our list. That should be very garlic good. and Gucci. Why didn't we think of that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I, I heard that you are a horror and sci-fi movie fan. Is that right? Yes, yes. Uh, but just also remember, uh, I'll let it be known. I watch a lot of crap. You know, <laughs> we all do. Uh, especially, yeah, my especially during the pandemic. And I tend to like or watch things that are that are that are less tedious and and, and trying for my small brain. I do like uh, not necessarily horror. But science fiction, I'm I, I do like good science fiction, and I, it's hard to find good science fiction sometimes. Yes, there's yes. a lot of there's a lot of you know a lot of garbage science fiction out there. <laughs> but when you find a good one, um, you know, and I'm, I'm not just talking you know Alien or, or you know because that's that's great and the other stuff. But there are there are things that I watch on Netflix because you can't go out anymore. That I, it just kills some time. I'm watching actually something now called. Archive 81. It's on Ooh. Netflix. It's on one of those pay things that I find very interesting. It's sort of a horror science fiction ghost thing. Nice. Um, like we needed the recommendation. I think I, I'll check that out. Yeah, I think I think that, that's what it is. I've been watching things on TV like Yellow Jackets, you know, some of the network yes. stuff. And uh, I like Big Sky. So this, this thing Sky. about Montana. That's great. Yes, of course. We've, We're seen, we've seen Big Sky. We had the opportunity to yeah, talk like to Dee Dee Pfeiffer, and she stars on Big Sky. And who created that show? What, what can I think of his I name? I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, Mich- I, he's married to Michelle Pfeiffer's. Uh, it's Michelle Pfeiffer's husband, David something. It'll come to me. Anyway. David E. Kelly. David E. Kelly. That's it. Thank you, Blair. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer is married to, to, to David, David E. Kelly. David Kelly. Yes. And right. her... she was in Fatal Attraction. She was in uh, Hollywood Nights too. That was one of her. Oh, wow! Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I actually saw her in a movie theater once. 
years ago, and 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 we passed each other. I said, "I loved you in Hollywood Nights." And she looked at me like, "How the hell did what the hell?" <laughs> like that's the movie you. Remember? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the movie that he remembers. <laughs> We're doing the same thing. That's she didn't recognize you. She like from the movie. Like you... we didn't we didn't hang out a lot. We didn't have any scenes together. I but uh, I I certainly you know she was gorgeous. So you can, it's hard to take your eyes off her. Yeah, it is hard to take your eyes off. Her. <laughs> yes. I'm well, still you, looking at her. <laughs> you have been such a pleasure to talk to, Mr. Pankin. I cannot thank you enough for coming on. Absolutely. I really hope oh, we get the opportunity to talk again sometime. This was so great. Anytime. Oh. Anytime. I got your phone number. I'll be pestering you all week. Uh, please Please do. pester. Be over for <laughs> dinner and Gucci later. Yeah. Look forward to it. <laughs> Want a full review on Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Thank Payne. you, guys. It was so much fun talking to you. Thanks again. Very much appreciated. Have a good rest of your weekend. You too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Good stuff. How oh. fun was he? So much fun. He was awesome. He was awesome. In Cool Stories, golfing with OJ, <laughs> poker with Betty White. Are you kidding me? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Like, wow. And just hearing his voice just really did. Like, I had a smile the whole time. He really has such like a distinct voice. Yeah. Oh, man. After he confirmed the OJ rumor about the golfing, it just took every ounce of willpower i had fight. not to make a but slice he's... joke like there's, <laughs> there's just fight it there's a lot of overlap between golf top did you help him with the slice um, <laughs> there was just a lot there i resisted i'm proud of you excellent willpower yeah. needed that that was whoa good stuff strong into the season here i'm excited for our finale next week yes it's been a good one well, new Dream Car giveaway over at 8080. In addition to the 15% off you get for using code Crunchy, they're offering five times the entries right now, all for a brand new Ferrari 488 $60,000 in cash. And if you're not feeling that Ferrari 488, you can also choose a wide-body GTR Plus 40 stacks instead. You do not want to miss out. Nor do you want to forget to check out SomeToCrunchy.com, where you'll find every episode, our links for social media, and the Almighty Crunch Store, where you'll find all kinds of crunchy gear showing that you are a proud citizen of Crunch Nation. Then there's the Something Crunchy Facebook group. It gets bigger and better by the day. We try to make you laugh for an hour a week. This group puts out 24-7. And for that, we thank you. <laughs> this has been another episode of Something Crunchy. And as always, don't ever forget to live your crunchiest life. And be crunchy to one another. subscribe, like, follow, and all that crunchy good shit. Thank you for listening. Hooray for Stuart. Hooray for school.